Warning, this show has been known to cause certain side effects in listeners and participants alike. Symptoms include a positive outlook on life, wanting to try new things, and a renewed faith in humanity. Enjoy at your own risk. Hey there, and welcome to the I Like to Like Things podcast. I'm your host, Elise. That's right, today I'm taking over the main episode from our regular host, my husband Chris. Thanks for joining me. Now, I don't have to tell you that the world can be a dark and scary place for us all. I'm here to help you get through the miasma of that negativity one episode at a time. To do that, I have a guest tell me about their favorite thing, and we share in their enthusiasm. But here's the catch. I can't already be a fan of their thing. So over the course of the show, we've learned that it's easy to like something new as long as we have an excited person explaining why their thing is great. And as a bonus, it adds much more joy to our lives, to my life. For today's episode, we have our first ever repeat guest. You know her from one of my all-time favorite episodes on Rick Steves. This is Morgan Poferl. Morgan? How's it going? Hello, Elise. It's going great. I'm so excited to be here. Can you even believe it? We're here. I love it. This is- I remember after you did the Rick Steves episode, I was so like enamored with the episode that I was like, Chris, can can we have her on again? Can she do an episode with me? And that was a long time ago. And we're finally here. It's happening. I feel like my dreams are coming true. Oh, Elise, thank you so much. That's, that's, <laughs> that makes me feel so good. Um, no, and I, I just love, I love you to pieces. And I mean, um, of course, I, our, our once lived podcast, I loved when we had you guys on, um, but you specifically, and I've been, uh, I think I texted Chris, I think shortly after that, that I wanted to be your best friend. And then I realized that he had sent me your number at some point. So now we're going to become best friends. So this is just see for posterity. We're putting it out on the record that we're going to become best friends from this day forward. Let it be known. July 20th, 2021. We're going to be best friends. That's so going to happen. Mark it. Mark it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm just so excited to be here with you. And I'm really excited about your thing. So do you want to tell everyone out there i do hey morgan what's your thing fiddler on the roof specifically the 1971 film this is so wonderful it when i heard that this is your thing i couldn't have been more excited because this is something that i have like the weirdest connection to but also don't actually know anything about Oh, this is going to be fun. Are you ready? Okay. Yes, that's what I want to hear. My baby brother, when he was like 12 years old, was in a junior high version, drama production version of The Fiddler on the Roof, where he played Tevia. (gasps) And it was all filmed. And we watched it for years after as a family, like... We would just watch like a song where Matt was singing If I Was yes. a Rich Man. And that is, so the only version I've ever seen of Fiddler on the Roof is the camcorder family filmed version of my 12-year-old brother pretending to be an old man. Oh my goodness. That's all I got. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Honestly, so I don't know if this film's going to exceed that. 
I don't know. I can't promise you that. <laughs> I don't know if I can promise that to you. Um, but, you know, I think that kind of gets to the heart of it. So um, I was trying to really think about, like, what is the separation between the story and the musical itself from the actual film adaptation? Yeah. And, um, of course, a lot of it is tied into the character of Tevia, which is just, I mean, that's, of course, in the musical itself. And is I think it's inspired from, um, it was like a collection of, like, fables, um, uh, Yiddish fables. Um, and he's just a wonderful oh, character. I didn't know that. But, uh, yeah, it's funny how, like, because that's, so one of my, my second most watched versions of this production is my cousin in his senior year of high school playing Tevia <laughs> at his yes. high school production. And it's just, I think, I love the, it. overall, just, you know, the, the musical itself is so, so full of joy um, that it's kind of hard to not just love it. And especially when you've got a loved one who's, who's playing, playing the, the, you know, the lead role. The lead role, yeah. But I, I was like trying to think back on why I love this so much. Because so, well, I don't know why. My mother like would put on when I was like, I could have like very vivid memories of being like five and six and my mom throwing on these long movies, these long musical movies. Uh, like uh, <laughs> the original um, Dr. Doolittle with Rex Harrison. I mean, My Fair Lady. Yes. And then of course this, which is yeah. really like over three hours long. So it's a commitment to anybody who takes is like gonna make this a movie night like it's a it's a thing this is i won't lie i looked it up and i was like oh this is uh this is a commitment this is an evening it's hefty for sure (laughs) um and i think that maybe like i've rewatched it i think almost every year pretty much like i'll just throw it on it's a comfort watch for me oh um yeah but it's it's something i'm at the point now where i'm not like fully investing myself in it i can just have it on the background um because you just know it so well it's just like those those comfort tones right, right, right. in the background right and then specifically so the thing about this film in particular is again tevia but there's something about topol who's who's portraying tevia um in the in norman jewison's 1971 classic film the fiddler on the roof um his mm-hmm. The way he brings Tevia to life, um, I don't know. It's almost like somebody's coming through your TV and you feel like you, he's here with you. I don't know any other role that oh. T- Topol has done. I know he's like in a, a, um, a James Bond film of some sort from the 70s. He's had like a storied career. <laughs> okay, now I want to find this it. This is the only thing that I know him for. And I have a running joke with, with my partner that like, when I finally get my new car, I want to get a personalized license plate that says Topol on it or like Topol fan or something to that effect because I love oh him so much in this film. That is so wonderful. You absolutely should. Like at this point, you have to. Like you just said it. It's, it's going to happen. It's we're, okay. we're committing a lot it. of things. To, or like, you know, we're making a lot of promises Lots of today. life commitments today. Yeah. yeah. It's now, you know, it's recorded <laughs> for posterity hundreds of years from now when the aliens come down. They're going to be like, she better have gotten that Topol license plate. She better have it. That's how they'll identify you. So you you it was on in the background when you were a kid, or your mom would put it on and, and it would just be there. And then was there a point, did you go through a point where you were like, oh my gosh, Fiddler on the Roof again? Like, did you do that in your teen years or did you? It's interesting. I think I loved it. And it's it's been something that um, 
I'm sure everybody has an experience like this where you've either revisited a book or an album or a movie or a TV show or whatever, but you like start to grow with it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like the context yeah. starts to bleed through a little bit. And like, I think um, there were different phases in my life where I started to understand uh, varying themes within the story itself. Um, like for, I think in my teenage years, just like understanding like the power of, of love, I guess. Um, because mm-hmm. the whole story, as you know, from your brother's classic film, we're going to put it on YouTube, right? So everyone can see it. I should say it's been like almost 20 years since I've watched his version. We're going to do a director's cut. So it has been a while. We got to do it with commentary. <laughs> but essentially, like, just for people who don't un- like, be so know what the storyline is, um, it's about this teeny tiny village in Russia uh, during a time when uh, pre World War II, I think even pre World War I, where, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, Jewish populations were being uh, ostracized and cast out of various um, places uh, for whatever dumb reasons. Um, so it's this teeny tiny like Russian village and these this this small Jewish population is living together and they're not you know they're not bothering the uh, the Orthodox Russians that are just outside of their little perimeter and then the Orthodox Russians are not bothering them they just kind of live their separate lives side by side but the main story focuses on this one family and one man in particular named Tevia who has a wife named Golda and he's got five he's been blessed with five girls five girls no sons so that's like a a, like a burden on them because there's like a you know um right all the girls all the daughters all the dowries all the dowries right right and then you have no one to carry on your name for this tradition Mm. pun intended Mm -hmm. um (laughs) And, uh, so, but through the lens of three of his, his eldest daughters, we learn, um, we seek it to see, we're privileged with seeing Tevia being challenged on tradition or being challenged on beliefs that he was, uh, raised to believe in and adapting, which I think, you know, I really, as I get older, the more I think about this storyline, the more I feel, um, I feel a responsibility for in my own life of like something that I'm not maybe familiar with. Um, like there's like a, you know just a responsibility to learning and being open and listening and being present with whoever with love. You know, yeah. the three the three main daughters. You know, he's incrementally being challenged on his beliefs. Um, of course, with the third daughter, um, he can't quite meet her where she is but there's a really I don't know it's just I think it's really powerful where it's like I love you and I'm trying I'm really trying I just can't right now that ending on that note is I don't know I just as you know a a person in my mid-30s now I'm like okay okay I can I can do that like if I'm as long as we're trying to hear people like great like we'll we'll get there we just need to these things take time this is so interesting hearing you talk about it because the last time I engaged with this storyline at all I was you know uh maybe 16 Mm -hmm. and so my all of this was kind of over my head it that was not sinking in for me so now I'm I'm kind of thinking back 
and I, I can't wait to watch this film because those have become some of like the rhythms of our life and like two things that you just said one is understanding that you have to be open to change and and then the other is that being a parent now the idea that like you're not always it's not always just going to be easy but it can always be good right and so now I'm just like beyond excited I'm like okay these are these are things I really can identify with as an adult that I wouldn't have even taken notice of as a teenager. Ugh, I love that. Ugh, ugh. And I didn't, I, I was thinking about that earlier and I, I didn't bring it up just now, but I'm glad you connected there where, where I don't, I don't have children, but I, I can only imagine, particularly you having two daughters, um, how this will land on you now at this point in your life. I mean, all the dowries. All oh the goodness, dowries. Can we do? talk about it? all the dowries that they had to pay out. Can we talk about the dowries? Um, or like just, I don't know. I mean, it's, again, it's just another time and place of thinking about um, just not having autonomy over yourself. I know. It's just Oh my gosh. Nuts. But like Tevia does have like a sense of, uh, like a, a moral responsibility to his daughters as being separate human beings. So there is, there is something that, that's really wholesome and wonderful about that and seeing them for their individual so selves. Like he cares for their happiness. Right, right. And that's why he relents, right? It's because at the end of the day, these are his these are his daughters. These are his loves. This is, you know, this is the bright spot in his life. I am just envisioning all of the tears that Chris is going to cry while I, watching this movie. Honestly, like Chris Brayton is... There's going to be a lot. Yeah, he's Tevye. Like, come on. You guys should, I hope, I, yeah, absolutely. whatever I can do to help produce or mount a production of Fiddler Roof up near you guys, I am down. Let's do it. Let's make this happen. <laughs> oh my gosh. One of my favorite things about this, the movie in particular, Beyond Topol, is the, the cinema, I mean, the direction is great too, but the cinematography is stunning. Everything, I was like trying to think of like what it is specifically, like, because as a kid, you know, you don't really appreciate stunning things necessarily. But there's like a way in which that's shot. And I'm trying to look up the cinematographer's name right now. Oswald Morris. Okay. So it's a, there's a way in which he, he shoots or he films his stuff that is super comforting. And I was like having to look up. I'm like, clearly I've watched something of his before. And then I was like, oh, these are all movies that are like hallmarks in my childhood. So Oliver, another big musical oh. from 1968. Um and then, mm-hmm. of course, The Wiz. And then, yeah. two of my all-time favorites as a child is The Great Muppet Caper and then The Dark Crystal. So there's, like, this so warmth in which he shoots that I think, um, even as a kid, you just, like, get sucked into it. And I love that his his way of doing it is, is so... Uh, maybe not so unique, but that it was recognizable to you. Right, right. Like, this is familiar. I need to look him right. up. I don't know that I would be aware enough of any cinematographer to think that maybe I would. I don't know. I've never thought about it. It's interesting. (laughs) Only when I get challenged in arenas like this that I'm like, okay, all right. What is it that I'm connecting to? Like there is, (laughs) but there is, it's interesting to see. um, I mean, even with directors too, um, that there are like signatures in their work 
that you subconsciously right. pick up on and then once you finally like connect to movies or whatever you're like oh okay I see I see what it is that's yeah like there's a theme there's yeah there, there there's it a is. theme here that I'm connecting with that's comforting right. like you said right. oh I love that so how who else have you introduced to this movie so I introduced Mike to it <laughs> is this something that you take to people uh, you know it's interesting I should take more I haven't taken this to more people um, but I definitely, this was an important one for me to show my partner. Um, I don't know if he necessarily, uh, connected as deeply to it as I did. I was surprised. We kind of did a, a tear through musicals, um, uh, movie musicals, um, uh, particularly from this time mm-hmm. period. And he really connected to My Fair Lady. So I think just another rewatch, maybe he'll really like, he'll, so wonderful. he'll yeah. drink the Kool-Aids as it were get a little more into right this one an obsession with it because <laughs> that's really what we want that's right you need to be you, you need to be you need to meet me on my level even though this i just talked about meeting other people on their level <laughs> i'm gonna get you over here <laughs> but you need that reciprocated that's right. that is right yeah yeah there's nothing wrong with that but maybe you See, can be for that us the one that i showed chris oh really the one that I showed Chris that was really um, like similar to mm-hmm. this uh, for me was Hello Dolly. Oh, Hello I, Dolly! I have a deep abiding love for Hello Dolly, and he was, you know, less than enthused. But my kids love it, so I'm kind of like, I still win. Yeah, there you go, there you go. There is love in the household for it. Was that like a, a thing too? Absolutely. Where you were introduced as a child, and it just kind of like you know, I think I saw it for the first time in high school or maybe early college. Okay. And I just loved how like bold and independent mm-hmm. Dolly Levi was. Mm-hmm. And so it just it just took on from there. She became a a little hero. Right, there's a little hero a role model. This is what this is I wanna achieve this. I'm gonna be this. Exactly. I love that. Exactly. I love these uh like how much these older movies because I mean we weren't even born yet when these were right. made. You know, for sure not this one. For sure not Fiddler on the Roof. Um, and and then all this time later, it still has such an impact on us. And it speaks so, like, deeply to you. And I'm, like, just hearing you talk about it, it speaks deeply to me. I can't wait to actually watch it yeah. and actually engage with the film itself. It's, it, I mean, that's just, like, really stellar uh, storytelling. Um yeah, just again, like just that yeah. to know that you have something that you can kind of grow with is really wonderful. Um, and then like with the the th- our three main daughters, we get to be in their shoes a little bit and to hear from them. And there's something about the there's something fierce. Um, to sound like a, a young person, they still say that, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I I think they do. I'm not We're, young, but I'm going yes, with yes. They do. We're gonna say they do. Um, in <laughs> not just like. I think maybe that was another thing as a kid that I connected to, maybe particularly as a young adult, um, of not having your adult or your parental figure present one thing to you or like, uh, you know, something that they want, a, a life that they want you to lead. And for, to see three women be like, let me think about that. Let me, let me see what sits right with yeah. me was I think something that like, I was like, oh, we, wait, I can do that. <laughs> I can kind of figure things you out. You don't my own. just have to follow. Right. That's wild. Yeah, that's amazing. That's wild. That is. That's like revolutionary. Right. 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 Because you're, you're, it's, it's instilled in you that like, okay, these these people who are taller, older, wiser than me, um, they know everything. 
And so I just, whatever they say without question, okay, cool. I'm just going to implement that into my life. And then once you hit that point when you're like, I don't know, I wasn't, I was, uh, I'm ashamed to admit it later in my teen years when I finally started realizing, oh, I can start really thinking for myself. Got it. Cool. Um, but it's just, yeah. it really is. I mean, I would argue I was probably in my early twenties when well, I got I mean, there. So I'm, it's a hard I'm, thing to yeah. shake. Um, it really is. It's because it, it's it, it, what you said. It is revolutionary. Like you're completely taking your what everything that you know and like flipping it upside down. But it's it's so freeing to and also scary because absolutely. You know, we make mistakes and we look back and be like, oh yeah, maybe that wasn't so smart. <laughs> but maybe I should have listened to them in that right, part. right, right. Maybe right. that was a good part to listen. Exactly. But you know, I made it yeah. here, so <laughs> I'm better for it. In the and end. I think it's a revolutionary as women because it's so easy to stay in I feel like girls are taught to be good and right. to be nice right be polite and and in some ways to to be obedient right like just do as you're told and that's you being a good girl right right and that's harder than it seems like it should be to shake when you're an adult woman right right yeah, you push back on it a little bit, right? When you're like, well, actually, I feel this way, but I know that the the polite thing to do or the right thing, you know, the quote right thing to do is... The good thing. The good thing, thing to do yeah. is this, even though that doesn't set right in my my bones. Um, yeah, it's... Right. I, I feel uneasy about this, but I don't know if I have power or voice to express exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Oof. Man, I love that it's the daughters. I know we're getting deep yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, Morgan. they're the ones who are leading. They're the ones who are changing Tevia's mind. It's it's them living their truth because he, he's learning from them. Like at the end, he learns from them, which is so. It's, I, I don't know. Like now, I'm starting to think about this more. Like this man who is, uh, you know, like the reverence in town. You know, like education is not like. A widespread thing right they go through particularly at the t- turn of the right. century i'm sure in a small russian village uh they have their hebrew school where i mean at the beginning of the show as we know through tradition we learn that uh you know the young men go off and they get to learn like the torah and um they mm. get to learn to read and how to write and the young women learn how to start being good wives like they learn how to cook and clean mm-hmm. and care for children and yada yada yada. Mend and and so Tevia mm-hmm. is always talking about like wanting to be this this man who's revered in town and like have money and have people come. But beyond money, he wants people to come and ask him for his wisdom, like to, to, to dole out pearls of wisdom. And in the end, everything that he learns, like all of these challenging things that he like that actually help him grow, is through these young women. It's like, God, that's. That's incredible. Like, what an empowering... That's really incredible. Right. right. And such an empowering message. I'm like, okay, I feel like we unpacked a lot here. Okay. So I assume that my homework is to go watch the movie. I want you to go watch this movie. I think that's kind of... Yes. The go-to. Are there any scenes that, like, you're really excited or I should pay special attention to? Anything on top of watching the movie you want me to do? Right. Um, I would say, yeah, maybe a couple of things. I like the metaphor of a fiddler on the roof in general. I would just like kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Like, what does that mean for somebody who's playing an instrument that requires like, you know, a lot of physicality, but like trying to balance um, as these stories play out? And then I would say 
one of my absolute, if I can say one of my absolute favorite songs, Please. is the, the middle daughter, Huddle. She sings a song called Far From The Home I Love, and it's basically her, you know, coming to dad and saying like, you know, we got you to agree to this marriage that you, you know, we decided to choose each other, um, which is not something that young women are allowed to do, like, or young men, like, the, this is right. done through the parents, but you, we decided to choose each other, and we got you to sign off on it, and beyond that, though, now she's got to leave home because her, her husband has been exiled because he's a Marxist, and she sings a song about, like, how heartbreaking it is, I don't know, I just, I'm so sappy, but <laughs> how, how heartbreaking it is yeah. to go away from oh, I, me too. everything she's known, like, far from the home she loves like she feels like there's this betrayal but like at the very end of the song she like kind of cut like she kind of turns and she like she kind of grows a little bit and she ends the song with saying uh yet there with my love i'm home like understanding like okay that this is this is a new home i have like i'm gonna be okay because with him i'm okay like even though you leave what is familiar right you you create something creating something new creating a new thing for yourself that you're able that you have the power to do that that is so beautiful i'm really excited for you to watch this oh i love it so much i know i'm like can i watch it tonight like i don't know that i I mean let's look at the time i'll be late night for work tomorrow yeah yeah yeah. okay well maybe this weekend but still i can't i won't be able to let it sit too long because i'm excited yeah i'm glad i've never had anybody like just tell me about this story before and like that's the the magic of the show and the magic of of just like community and community bringing people into like new fun good experiences right and I think maybe you and I are in a similar place in life so I don't know how many people are gonna find this accessible um so I apologize for bringing it up but like really like taking moments to think about our connections to other people or like our place in our community or our place with our friends or our place with our family yada 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 so finding things that are entertaining because the movie is entertaining and it's funny and it's it's wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Um, but they're but being challenged in like in ways of, of kind of looking inwardly is just I love I love coming across things like that like okay I enjoyed this but also like how do I how do I take this into my day-to-day so I hope I hope that you really enjoy it I'm so excited I'm sure it's gonna be great um and I hope all of our listeners take the moment and and join Chris and I on this this journey as we get to explore Fiddler on the Roof so that's gonna be uh it for today's episode now Morgan has given us Uh, the script on how to become fans of the movie The Fiddler on the Roof and this next week Chris and I are going to take your advice and report back to you in our patented response editions now in the meantime uh, if you can add anything to the conversation positively of course please do so you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at like to like things that's the number two or call the like line at 661-279-0130 or support us via Patreon at patreon.com.like2likethings, and that's spelled out, too. Uh, now, Morgan, where can people find you if they just want to interact with you about uh, Filler on the Rough? Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I believe my Insta- my Twitter handle is LadyMopo, M-O-P-O a play off of my name. I know. I am so clever. And then on Instagram, You're so clever. I think I'm the Lady Mo. M-O. 
Um, I think so. Okay. Yes. Lady Mo. Okay. Um, Lady, Lady Mo. Mo. All right. Um, yeah. You can find me there. And then, yeah, I, would, I welcome all tweets and messages um, about your own experience with this uh, movie. You know what I love is that, you know, earlier I asked if you had engaged other people with this movie. And you said, no, not, not too much. Well... I think you should get ready for some I know. engagement. I'm so because excited because people are going to be excited about it. I love it. So uh, I'll see you all next week when the mission is accomplished. And remember, we can make the world a little brighter, a little friendlier, and a little more enjoyable by liking a few more things. Bye, all. <laughs>